Now, is it just me or did it feel to you that like in this episode for every 30 seconds of story there was 120 seconds of commercial? There were a lot of commercials. And I mean, did you watch it in live time? I mean, I watched the FX Now stream and so maybe okay. it's maybe it's different. But I mean, you and I ended it about the same time, so it shouldn't have been that different. And I really felt like we got like hardly any story before it would like, okay, we're cutting the commercial again, you know? Like, I'm curious yeah. to see how long when this comes out on Netflix. Like, how long is this episode gonna be on Netflix? Because I feel like it's gonna be like barely 40 minutes. Right. Our yeah, I, for me, it's well, it seemed a lot longer, but that's also because I kept having to hit uh, replay because I got I zoned out. <laughs> I guess we could talk about that when we get to the episode. But yeah, I'm curious how long it will be. Like, I'm maybe like forty minutes or thirty. Like, like minutes, exactly, yeah. You know. Uh, happy Halloween, by the way. Happy Halloween. Shall we get into it? Let's do it. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to This American Horror Story, an unofficial podcast about the FX hit show, American Horror Story. I am your host, Tyler Moss, here with my co-host. Chris Houston. Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween, indeed. Uh, Did you dress up as anything fun for this Halloween, Chris? I dressed up last Saturday for a party that we go to every year, and uh, I went as Dr. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park with the iconic line, after careful consideration, I have decided not to endorse your park. <laughs> a lot of people thought I was a cowboy, though. But anyway, today I didn't really dress up. Uh, too busy getting stuff together and not and wanting tr- trick or treaters to show up, and no one did. It was kind of sad. Did you dress up? Uh, I also dressed up over the at weekend. Home? <laughs> no, <Okay>. um, <laughs> we. Uh, I was at a I was at that conference that we had talked about before, but we did have as part of the conference a literary costume party, and so I went as <laughs> I, uh, I was the the artful Dodger from Oliver Twist. I did not dress up today. Um, we don't, you know, I live in an apartment building right now, and we do not get trick or treaters at our door, unfortunately. But we did dress our dog up as a fox, and then went on a long walk to go get takeout, so that way she could be seen by all the kids in the neighborhood. So. Adorable! I love that. That's really great. Yeah. Good job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's always fun when we get to this point where we are actually, you know, recording around Halloween. You know, American Horror Story has traditionally been a very much, um, you know, Halloween has been a focal point of the show since season one when, you know, you had the the big episodes in Murder House. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. This episode was not particularly Halloweeny, but then again, we already had, I guess, kind of a Halloween episode back when they did the apple bobbing, and maybe right. episode two or three, two, I think, whatever yeah. that one was. Two, two, yeah. Um, you know, I think that Michael um, on Facebook had had a theory a while back that maybe be, you know they would be coming back to the present on Halloween, on since Halloween. that's when Halloween. And I was really kind of hoping that was the case because that would have been cool. Yeah. So was kind of disappointed that was not the case, but. Mm-hmm. That just leads me into um, the rest of the episode. So before we go too much further, a couple of key things. 
First off, as always, catch us on Facebook at facebook.com slash this American Horror Story, as well as on um, or via email at this American Horror Story at gmail.com. And please rate us, review us on iTunes. That really is important uh, to us, and it helps us get out to a wider audience. We sincerely appreciate that. I will also say that for some reason there's been an issue with our Stitcher feed. Still trying to get that uh, figured out, but hopefully it'll be all in place when we get this episode re-uploaded. Um, well, not re-uploaded. When we get episode 8 uploaded this week. I also want to really uh, impress upon everyone out there the importance of getting out and going to go vote this coming Tuesday. Um, You know, go exercise your rights, people. Uh, You know, either do it, you know, do it for Ryan Murphy or do it in spite of Ryan Murphy, whatever your motivation is. We don't care. Just get out there. Go to vote.org to find your local polling place and and exercise your democratic right. Anyway, I'll get off my uh, soapbox. Enough about that. Let's go ahead and dive into the episode. But first, we have not done this in a while, but we are, in fact, actually recording the night of. So, Chris, my friend, what are you drinking this evening? I had a glass of wine, Cabernet, that I was drinking during the episode, and now I'm kind of lame. I'm just drinking a can of Sprite. Mm. (laughs) I have to fly early in the morning, so I'm just drinking my sugar, my candy, I guess you would say, for for Halloween. What are you drinking? Taking it easy. You're having a very adult Halloween this year. (laughs) It's because I was not an adult this weekend, <laughs> and I actually went out last night too. So, Wednesday's a tough day for Halloween. Let's mm. let's say it as it is. Um, I am, of course, having on ice bourbon and cider. I'm gonna probably I'm gonna probably ride this into the Stick last few episodes of the season, considering we only have two episodes left after this. I mean, I guess so. Yeah. Unless um, we're getting some secret ones, but I don't think that'll ever happen. That would be cool, but I think it's probably unlikely. Uh, before we actually dive into episode eight, Sojourn, I do want to mention that uh, w- there was one interesting um, tidbit that I wanted to pull out from Facebook this week. Uh, Michael on Facebook has a theory that the witches are angels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not so far-fetched when you think about, you know, at the beginning of this season, we were, before we knew that Mallory was a witch, we were kind of theorizing that maybe she was a fallen angel or something along those lines. And um, Michael pointed out that in one episode, Cordelia at one point invokes um, Hecate, he- I don't know, H-E-C-A-T-E, which is the goddess of witchcraft. Oh, right. So, you know, it, it's kind of a maybe more pagan type god invocation. But um, if you're kind of playing with the whole deity's premise, it's possible to then think that potentially the witches are some kind of angel or could be construed to be some kind of angel. Who knows? But I thought that was kind of a fun theory. So, with that being said, let's talk some sojourn. First of all, let's, I mean, a sojourn, the word itself, is a temporary stay. Um, At the end of this, I'm going to ask you what you think that means in the context of this this episode. Mm -hmm. So I want you to be thinking about that a little bit. Uh, This is directed by Bradley Buecher, written by Josh Green. I already talked about how this episode felt like it was more commercial than actual events happening. Uh, Walk us through the cold open where Michael um, visits the scene of the crime, as it were, from the end of last episode. We open right uh, in the aftermath of the burning at what looks like Thunder Road, where Danny Zuko took over for Kanicki and won that car race. (laughs) Uh, we find uh, him kind of like feeling Miss Mead's story, how it ended, and seeing that that really creepy smile uh, in a vision of when she was being burned. 
Yeah, um, here he here he has the the power that uh, the girl from the house or the haunting of Hill House has, where if he touches yes. it, he can get the story. Theo, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, that's good. That'd be funny if he wore gloves and took it off. I saw some good costumes of of Haunting of Hill House uh, recently as well. Anyway, um, also, did you see Kelly Osbourne went as um, dressed up as uh, Myrtle Snow for Halloween this year? No, did she really? Oh, that's it was awesome. Really cool. Speaking People of which, yeah, if anybody dressed as a, as always, if anybody dressed yes. as an American Horror Story character, please post, post it. it. Post it on our page. That's always we fun. love it. And I think we actually got a photo um, earlier on our page two is uh from an american horror story fan in new orleans which was awesome too but anyway back to back to back to the cold open um so we see him kind of see uh have a vision of what went down and then cordelia is apparently came back (laughs) to tell him it's over we got we cleared out everyone who is loyal to you your allies are gone uh and he says that he wants to he can go get her but we find out or go get ms mead he cannot go get ms mead because cordelia used a certain spell to hide her soul from everyone with the exception of cordelia she's the only one who knows where ms mead actually is uh and with that uh michael swears to kill all of the witches after he brings back ms mead in some capacity Right. Absolutely. A couple of things that uh, kind of stood out to me from this portion. Uh, First one being, I guess we get an answer that we had. We get an answer to a question that we had at the end of last episode, which is good, which is why can't he just bring Miss Mead and everybody else back? I mean, I guess obviously. Go ahead. It's always nice when they uh, immediately answer a question that we talk about on the podcast after the previous episode. Absolutely. And, I mean, I guess it makes sense that he didn't bring Baldwin and Ariel back because he didn't really like them all that much to begin with. I think they were just means to an end. So the only one he really wanted to bring back was Mead. And apparently, you know, some spells covering that. So I guess they at least they had some story part address why he couldn't just bring her back, even though that seems like a little bit of a convenience. But It's so convenient. Yeah. yeah. Come on. He's the spawn of Satan, and he can't break one powerful witch's spell. And I, I mean, I, I guess that was kind of the idea of the first three quarters of this episode is that like he couldn't, he's not very good at knowing how to tap into his own powers and he's not, mm-hmm. you know, Satan's not really responding to him. Um, I did think it was kind of like, look, the scene where Cordelia is saying to Michael, like, you can write your own destiny. You don't have to be terrible. It's like you just burned, like the only people that cared about him, you burned, cared about him, you burned them alive, including like. I, did you think that was a real olive mother- branch? Or do you think that, or I guess not technically an olive branch, but trying to convert him to come to the good side, or was that a ploy? I, I, at the time, I thought it was authentic. Like, I thought that, you know, Mm. Cordelia really has, like, a, you know, a good heart, and she really wants to, like, maybe she thinks he is redeemable or something at this point. But, I mean, obviously, we we know far better that he's not redeemable at this point. I mean, I guess she's not really tuned in to all the all the murders that he's personally responsible for. Um, but still at this time, it's like how, you know, sound deaf can you be after having just slaughtered his surrogate mother to then like, be like, but you're really, you're good. And even though I did this horrible, horrible thing, you should uh, come over and, and you shouldn't be so bad. I mean, are they really, here's a question is like, in this regard, are the witches, the witches are just kind of exercise, you know, exercising, um, super judicial, you know, kind of executions on their own too. Is like, are they really that good either? I don't know. Right. 
Not really, I guess. I mean, yeah. in the bigger picture, they um, think they are. And I guess in the bigger picture, they don't want the world to end. So that's a thing. I mean, I guess they don't really have, like, an Azkaban to send these people to. to like Right. Not, you know, <laughs> some, so I guess killing them is the only way to get rid of them. But I don't know. You, they, you, I mean, it's not exactly... I don't know. It's pretty devious on its own. Um, and then, of course, when Michael says at the end of this section, I'm going to kill every last one of you, this kind of mirrors... Uh, what the line he ends up saying to Mallory in one of the early episodes that's like, I thought I killed every last one of you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess yep. that's foreshadowing, even though we kind of already knew that's what happens. Right. Something along those lines. So then we kind of have Michael go on his vision quest. Um, oh, God. Into the woods. <laughs> Tries to summon his father with a pentagram. Nothing happens. You get these, like, weird hallucinations. Uh, four days later, the apparition of the two children that are trying to give him... A grape Fanta and an apple. Right. And then he has the vision of Mead, and then the Pope of the Church of Satan. Like, how much of this... I mean, obviously, Mead probably wasn't real. Do you think any of this was real? Was the... Well, I think the... So, the, the Pope, when... Michael reaches out and grabs him by the throat. He, like, changes into... An angel? The, yeah. An angel? I, yeah, like a super ripped angel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who looks like right out of, uh, I don't know, like a modeling book or something. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think, I, think it was, I think it was maybe the good side trying to convert him to, to get him to come the, mm. to their side because he anticipated... Uh, or they anticipated that he was weak at the moment because he'd been there for four days. Um, but it, it did make me think, yes, it's hallucinations, but what is the good side? You know, it, if we're going biblical and we're talking about the devil, we haven't really seen Christianity invoked with, you know, the traditional Christian churches and talking about God. <laughs> you know, we we only really hear about Satan and what's happening, but we haven't really seen the other side, which is... Kind of interesting, with the exception of this, what I uh, took as an outright angel showing up trying to do something about Michael. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's kind of, a, if that is, if that was the case and it wasn't just hallucinations, I think that's kind of an intriguing reversal of situation where instead of like the devil tempting somebody, you kind of have like, you right. know, the powers of good of God. I think the angel somebody. even says God loves you. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right there. Um, but then, of course, he doesn't we get the black he gets the black coat, which, what is that movie? The the Witch? Is that the one that has the, the black coat, plays the character, the Billy Goat? Did you see that movie from a couple of years ago? I did see it, but it was so long ago. It's the one with the family and the It takes place daughters. in kind of like the Crucible almost type yes. times. Yeah, yeah, they were kind of sent out. Yeah, yeah, I do remember, but I don't remember the goat. That's what I think of. <laughs> oh, I, I do remember it, yes. At the yes. end, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yes. But he slaughters the black goat and it just appears to be like... Full of snakes. It, full like of snakes. Yeah. That, that okay. made me. That made me laugh. It was like you know, it's yeah. like I just was imagining like a trench coat full of snakes with a hat on. <laughs> you know, like I love it. That else. I wish. I, this is the part too where I in the episode where I rolled my eyes and was like, oh, here we go, and it was quite the telltale for how the rest of this episode's gonna go. Yeah. So then he limps over to what I'm gonna call the soup kitchen of Satan, though I guess it was like the underground. <laughs> Just making fun of this episode. Um, the underground congregation. 
I think I think we both kind of have a feeling for where this is going. There was a few yeah. bright points um, yeah. where we get a, a guest cameo from Sandra Bernhard, um, best mm-hmm. known for I guess uh, stand up comedy. She Comedian. had a role on Roseanne, yeah, um, and she's the preacher in front of this congregation. And she was pretty funny. I kind of enjoyed her take on. I mean, it, this episode almost felt a little bit like making fun of itself. To some it was point. so campy and like not in the fun. Way. I don't know. I hope people don't get mad too mad about this, but I don't know. It was it was fine, but yeah, it went. It was it was a short episode, but it was even too long with this church. I felt like <laughs> <laughs> like I like Sandra Bernard. Cool. I think she's iconic, and I think she's iconic in the LGBTQ world. Um, but I I don't know it. Yeah. Her sermon was sort of funny, and then it just it kind of felt like the whole church was just half-ass in it anyway. I mean, that's what she thinks her congregation is doing when it comes to sinning. Indeed, but it was a packed church. Um, even though it's kind of funny because the next day they seem to be like way more into it and involved. Um, so they're not half-assing it the next day. But, you know, she kind of gives her a little anecdote about having robbed, robbed the nursing home and, and giving all the yeah. money to the NRA. Um, that's 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 your that typical funny. like Ryan Murphy slipping his little political yeah. commentary in there ever ever so subtly. Um, so the woman in the pew offers to cook Michael a hot meal. Do you know who this actress is? Do, I I don't. She seemed familiar, but I didn't, <coughs> excuse me, I didn't have a chance to look her up. But with the exception of I think her name's Madeline. Right? Was it? I I didn't catch her name because you know obviously we're recording immediately after the episode, and you know if there's a character I can't find, I try to look yeah. up them by their name, but I didn't remember hearing her name, so I wasn't able to look her up in, in time. I think one person recording. said, "You met Madeline, right? She's so nice," or something like that. And hmm. I assumed that they were referencing this older woman who is a congregation member and takes Michael in for a meal. Right. So she takes him home for dinner, and at this point, I was kind of thinking, like, clearly, I mean, would you say that? At first, you know, you kind of see the moment in the woods where you're like, maybe Michael has daddy issues. But then you think about, like, how many surrogate mothers this guy's had. And he's kind of got mommy issues, too. It's just he's just got parental issues in general, I guess. Yeah, the... I'm a little tired in this episode. I got real tired of Michael saying he's got no one or there's only been ever been one person who supported him. And that's just so not true because he blatantly stumbles across an entire congregation that is dedicated to him. <laughs> Yeah, and then also, I mean, aside from Mrs. Mead or Miss Mead, you know, he had the Pope, Satan, and um, the other follower as well. And I mean, really, he had Constance too until he, by his own doing, lost her. You know, um, right? So you know, there was a couple intrigue, like kind of funny parts here. She, so she does talk when when she takes Michael back home for dinner. She does talk about Satanism being about giving into your own urges and i wonder if this is a line that's maybe more in line with what actual satanism is compared to kind of how you know in the discussion last week we talked about how maybe it was potentially construed in the uh murder house episode um also you know she talks about having sold her soul to the devil and it's given her all these you know wonderful benefits which is a a lazy boy she can take heroin without getting the sweats and she fucks brad pitt and ryan reynolds until the sun comes up (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) this episode is brought i mean i think we can uh say that ryan reynolds must be uh on board for season nine American Horror Story because he's referenced twice in this episode. Yeah, yeah, but everyone's sleeping with Ryan Reynolds. Apparently, he's getting around. Um, 
I wonder if this is, you know, when she kind of pl- – this is the first time – well, question. actually, question, is it the first time that we actually outright talk about Apocalypse in this flashback? Um, because so she's the one who really gets into talking about the end times that the antichrist is bringing upon the end times that we're all going to live in this kind of eternal hell and i feel like this is the first real discussion in the flashback we've had since episode two three whatever two that we, yeah yeah that we've actually you know at least it feels a little bit like we're moving toward the apocalypse now but we only have two episodes left but yeah i hate to <laughs> be so hard on this episode but i don't i don't think the writing was very strong either like a lot of the dialogue was so hit you over the head um i think we heard like four or five times that the church of satan's role is to sin as much as possible to put the world in the in the worst place possible to prepare for the spawn of satan to show up their savior (laughs) excuse me Yeah. So I don't know. It was just a little in the, all the eh, anyway. We'll we'll keep moving along here. So after realizing he's the spawn of Satan, of course, she brings him back to the church. Uh, at what point we see the volunteer all sinners choir singing a very rapturous or kind of like um, that was kind of funny. You know the what's the Valkyrie song? Um, you know what I'm talking about that they play in really dramatic movie scenes. Um, in the background, which is like almost excessively dramatic, which I think is partly the point. Uh, of course, they bring in a couple of do-gooders to human sacrifice and Phil, the chief accountant, the former chief accountant at Gawker, gets his opportunity stolen away from him when Michael arrives. And all throughout this Wait. episode, Michael's big thing is showing his uh, back ear uh, birthmark, I guess it is. Yeah, his six six six, which is a quite the reference to um, reminds me of Omen, yeah, where Damien the kid has a six 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 on his head as well. The mark of the beast, and you know, I, I did a little bit of digging into this, and I found a um, a, a Bible related site called BibleTools.com that said this about the mark of the beast: Revelation sixteen two and nineteen twenty cite the mark of the beast as a sign that identifies those who worship the beast out of the sea. This beast is usually identified as the Antichrist. This mark is first mentioned in uh, 13, 16, and 17, where it is imposed on humanity by the beast out of the earth. The second beast is the false prophet who forces the worship of the Antichrist and brands those who do so with the mark. The mark is equivalent to the beast's name or number. The enig- it, uh, this enigmatic number is announced in 1318 as 666. So kind of explaining the origins, obviously, this branding. That's why it's such a specific deal is because... It foretells the coming of, you know, it's branded upon the Antichrist, it sounds like. Then, of you know, of course, we, after he slaughters the innocents, um, he, they all attend the potluck and Michael is still kind of moody. He's like a moody teenager again. I, it's I so mean, annoying. and I guess he is supposed to be like, you know, yeah. inside a moody teenager. But you kind of also, I mean, you were, I thought we had this moment where he finally found himself when he ate the heart from the, the innocent mm-hmm. and he can finally talk to satan but then it's like it's like we rewound regressed yeah with mead having died now it's like we we had a rewind from all the progress he made with the warlocks and all this stuff i mean i guess he lost again he lost he continues to lose his surrogate mothers um i I don't know this this scene again it was over the top i think intentionally but it was kind of ridiculous um at this point in time, I wondered, like, okay, so is it like all the is the congregation of Satan the people who end up making it to the sanctuary? It seems like obviously they're all 
how many of these people does he actually save when the apocalypse apocalypse happens? You know, right? Um, and that's when we find out that the his his main follower here uh, thinks they can work around the death of Miss Mead. And in a convertible on Highway 1, they drive to basically the weird super modern house of, I, I guess, what is the real identity of Brock and Mr. Gallant with their ridiculous is bowl it? cut hairdos. I, I, I mean, or are these different characters? I thought they were different characters. I, maybe they are different characters. Maybe they are. I, I think they are because they sold themselves to the devil and... Uh, they so they could have their robotics billion dollar billionaire uh, as billionaires. Uh, God, I can't think right now. Their robotics industry company, uh, they're billionaires. They do coke all day and get oral sex <laughs> from under the desk. Uh, they have the worst haircuts ever. <laughs> um, so, okay, so I, w- I will say if they are if they are different characters, mm-hmm. which is entirely possible. Same with Bubbles from last episode. If it is a different character and Nana and Bubbles are not the same person, then that is super obnoxious because we already know that Coco and Mallory are really the Coco and Mallory in the future. And so you're just making things super confusing for us by those not being the same people in the future and using too many actors in too many different roles. We don't need this storyline at all, frankly. (laughs) I don't need a whole episode of a road trip to go make a robot. Which is already the shittiest part of this season. That it was was a, like a it's like the aliens in asylum, you know, just one 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 step too far. The <laughs> robots, it's bit. it's the robot aspect. The, the robot yeah, is, is like, the alien. Yeah, I would have been happy if we just ignored that she was a robot. She's a robot. Fine, she made it. I don't need a whole episode on it. <laughs> well, and somehow Miss Venable is their secretary. Or like their like manager or something like that. Like she she helps run the company, but I see. I thought she was the the front desk person, but then she she says she's about, she talks about how she's HR and she's everything else that matters, yeah. or whatever, and she fires that person. Um, but then it also it was she's good to see super, Venable. I liked that. It was, but I'm still really confused. I mean, I guess maybe we're supposed to be, but it's like okay, well then how does she get to the point where she's at in the apocalypse? You know. Mm-hmm. Because clearly she must have done something worthwhile to have been chosen to lead the, this base. Um, you know, there's supposed to be some funny parts here. They shipped shit to Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I think they're, they're making it sex doll hand jobs. Yeah. Was the, was the Rihanna concert thing a reference to the fire festival when they talked about Rihanna and an island? I must have zoned out. Oh my god, I don't. I didn't hear that. They talked about having booked Rihanna on an island or something like that. Um, man, and the, God, these guys are stupid. They're uh, like, it's not even believable that they're smart enough to come up with a robot whatsoever. Um, the best part that happens in this entire section is when Michael makes the girl burst into flames out of nowhere. <laughs> that, or when um, when the assistant says she's going to talk to HR and and Miss Venable says I am HR bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the two things. That's it. Yeah, those are like. And I guess we know we we learned that Venable's favorite color is purple, hence the the color scheme that people wore in the in Outpost Number Three. Yeah, I know. I frankly don't care that much about that anyway, but we learned it. <laughs> right. Well, and uh, these guys are just so anno- annoying and broy, and uh, yeah, and but not in like a fun way. 
And they, they, so they, but they're totally also geniuses. I guess because they sold their soul to the devil is supposed to be the insinuation. Mm-hmm, right. So they're also super smart. And they make robot mead, um, but they like. <laughs> Okay, so they decide that she needs something else. There's something missing. So they're going to throw in that she has this backstory that she was in Mossad. So apparently the real Miss Mead was not in Mossad, which is what I had thought prior to this. And so I guess on the one hand we get an answer for why that was part of the robot's backstory. But on the other hand, it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It didn't matter at all. It didn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. It's so frustrating. It's I'm angry about it. <laughs> and then we and then we end with the uh, supposedly dramatic moment or like touching moment, I guess, when Robot Mead comes back to life, and you know, with 240 terabytes of memory, <laughs> and she's instantly like, she immediately, she instantly knows who Michael is, even though they're like you might not know who she might not know who you are, and she instantly knows they have that connection back. Um, <sighs> okay. <laughs> This first question I guess I have for you is, why is this episode called Sojourn? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wh- how, so remind me, like, the definition of Sojourn typically is... <coughs> a temporary stay, like a, uh, a, a um, I don't know, I think when you, you'd say that you, if you went on a Sojourn, I guess you would go on, like, a short trip somewhere, you know, um... Right, that's your sojourn is to get Mrs. Mead, Ms. Mead made. I guess, but I also or think I will say that Michael the, finding himself agree, and I think that's probably what it's supposed to mean. But to me, it means a a step away from you know a temporary stay away from the story that matters at yes. all. You have ten episodes, and this was number eight. This is that's really frustrating. <laughs> this this was really frustrating, and. I definitely think it was the worst episode of the season, and I think it oh, was hands down. absolutely ill-timed. We have two episodes remaining at this point. How are they going to fix this? <laughs> you know, okay, so let's talk for a minute about what needs to be tied up in the short amount of time we have remaining. Right. So after this, we have to find Since out... Since we already finished reviewing this episode because it was so short. <laughs> well, well, we'll rate it after we talk through this, I know, I no, I know, I know. <laughs> so we have to figure out... Um, how Michael kills all the witches, and also how the witches end up camouflaging Mallory, Coco, and Dina. Dina, we mm-hmm. have to figure out like why Venable gets control of the outpost, and how Miss Mead gets placed there as well. We have to go back to. Uh, we, and then we, the apocalypse has to, has to happen. We have to figure out like that can't just be completely glossed over. Uh, from there, we've got to figure out. You know, we got to jump back to, I guess, the modern moment, which is have everybody was dead from the poison apples, but now a few were brought back by Myrtle, Madison, and Cordelia, who are potentially dead, and they're only back because it's Halloween, and then somehow they still have to kill Michael before then, and maybe this all, they go back in time and reverse the apocalypse, and none of this actually happened. (laughs) And maybe there's something with Papa Legba still, I guess we had said that after this episode, but I don't... you know, I don't know that there's anything involving Papa Legba anymore. I at, at this point, after this episode, I'm kind of like, well, maybe that was just a um, flight of fancy to see some characters that we liked from a past season, and there's not a real... <sighs> I'm, I, I, I realize that I, I, too, am kind of going on about this, but now it's like this whole episode has me thrown into a little bit of a... 
uh, existential crisis where it's like, well, maybe I thought that the writing actually knew what it was doing this season, and now I'm not so sure. Uh, where do you, where are you standing? I, first of all, <laughs> why did Cordelia just let Michael kick it and walk away after she just burned his allies, you know, at the stake? Like you want to, you know, he's the spawn of Satan. Why don't you do something about it right then and there? He's there. He's at his weakest. Do something. But she just lets him walk. Whatever. Fine. <clears throat> because she has I sympathy also... for him. She tries to bring him over to the good side. Stupid. I'm not saying it makes Cordelia. sense, but yeah, I know. Um, I, I we've seen Michael get taken in by all these surrogate parents, and that's really we've been here multiple times. He's already gone through his transformation, so to see him regress and become this moody teenager and doubt his who he is and his powers, and, uh, his powers and what his role is, and he doesn't know what to do anymore. Uh, it's so <laughs> annoying. Just because we've gone through this already, we need this to progress. We don't need uh, uh, this sojourn for him to figure out exactly what he already knew uh, and discover that he's got a whole church behind him. Um, I did like the I did like the um, the Phil the chief accountant at, at Gawker reference that was kind of funny um, for people who don't remember that story Gawker was sued by Hulk Hogan um, funded by Peter uh, Thiel f- yes fun- f- uh, funded by him who's kind of this he's I mean wait, he did PayPal and yeah uh, he, he's he's yeah. a big guy. <laughs> He's also, um, I, I wonder if Ryan Murphy has it out for him because uh, Peter is uh, a gay man, and uh, but and often, big Trump supporter, yeah. big yeah funds more conservative uh, candidates and and policies. So I wonder if that was kind of thrown in there just to, as a middle finger. Anyway, <clears throat> it's still a good uh, cultural reference. I liked it. Um, uh, I'm also tired of Michael questioning you know like he asked the woman if her name is madeline madeline you know why you why do you keep treating me so well well dude it's because you're the fucking antichrist you know like everyone's worshiping you like why (laughs) stop asking those questions we know this Mm -hmm. um so ultimately i found this whole trip on the side not worthwhile and I'm how many robot hand job arms would you give it? Wrote, or I was gonna say, or how many Ryan Reynolds? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was uh, uh, Evan Peters' character. Uh, they were talking about how they do Victoria's Secret models on Tuesdays, and then he goes, and Ryan Reynolds on Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, I give this uh, two and a half. Ooh, ooh. robot hand jobs. <laughs> Out of five. That's the lowest I think I've ever given any episode ever. I'm pretty certain. Ooh. And then when we're talking about Freak Show days. <laughs> but Freak Show had some fantastic characters that could carry you through some of these they bad sure episodes. Did. And like you we know We don't need new characters in this well, season. Well anymore. It, Well, so here's the thing is like this is clearly a Michael episode, right? And we've had so much of Michael this season and you know, Cody, Cody Fern has been fine, but his... He's he, fine. He was not... You could see his weaknesses in this episode. He wasn't as strong as he has been, I thought. Yeah, and well, we talked about him a little bit in the Murder House one, too. Yeah. Like, it, I think also, like, Michael's just not as a 
interesting character as like yeah. you know the thing about like you know the dandies of the world is they were like such bizarro interesting characters that you would even if an episode was like a little weak plot wise or something like that the character was so entertaining and also the acting good that like you would follow it through to the end anyway you know what i mean yeah yeah and i feel yeah. like they're, they're putting an awful lot on cody fern to like carry you through these kind of episodes and they don't really give him that much to work with so i'm not going to completely blame him for that but i mean because there's this is so much of the same story we've seen for this character already it like you said it's just very repetitive these character <sighs> beats have been hit let's keep they, it moving they have been i think that you know the glimpse of Venable before the apocalypse is interesting. Um, I hope that is explained in a way that pays off, you know, so that make that would make that a little bit, this appearance of her in this episode a little bit more interesting to me. Um, and then I will say that, you know, I don't, it wasn't really necessary, but the cameo of Sandra Bernard in, in, as the, satanic preacher was like kind of fun at least she had some entertaining lines yeah i just before you i i want to add in it was fun but then it just became this like caricature of (laughs) of the church of satan and i know not everything's supposed to be scary this episode was not scary in the least but it, it was they were all too cartoonish and goofy after a while that it was i don't know it's kind of like Goofy is a good word to describe this episode, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, continue. No. Uh, I'm going to give it a 2.75, slightly higher than you, (laughs) Um, which is pretty... I I don't know if that's my lowest. It it very well might be also. I I feel like we pretty much, when we get low, we kind of linger around three. Dipping below three is pretty bad for us. I don't go below three usually, yeah. Um, I think this is a very special case, but mm-hmm. I think honestly, I think that also part of the what makes this episode so low for me is that it happens so late in the season when we are like we have so much to do before we get to the end of the season that it's like it makes the, this episode all that much more frustrating that we didn't really move the plot forward in a useful way. Like effectively, what this entire episode was was an origin story for how the Mead robot came about. And I don't Which no one asked for exactly like I don't feel invested in that story. I don't care about that story. I want to know more about how all those other characters and how the witches got their identities changed and all this stuff. Like that's the thing I want to learn about. And this it like it felt like a deviation from the plot that we've been you know working our way through the past few episodes, which I guess is then a a structural plot sojourn, but not in a good way. Not right. in a good way. I think that gives us a. Ooh, five and a quarter. Yep, that's not Yikes. good, folks. That's not good. If you disagree with us, I'm very open and willing to hear arguments to the contrary. But man, it's gonna take some convincing. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Another fun thing I just realized was the movie leading into this episode. If you watched it on TV, was Deadpool. Yes, it was. <laughs> Actually, it was Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that is funny. I, I, I watched the end of it too. Because um, it stretched a little bit into the into the American Horror right. Story time slot. So, all right. Um, did you end up seeing I missed the... Halloween for this? <laughs> yeah, Sorry. come on. How much better would it have been if we came back to the Halloween scene and it had kind of been all tied together? I, that would have been great. That would have been great. That was a missed opp- major missed opportunity. Um, I know Ryan Murphy's listening, so he should write that down for next <laughs> season. 
So at this point, um, I guess my, I feel like I had another question for you, but now I just feel like my brain's melting. Do you want, so did you see the preview for next week? That's what I was going to ask. I did not see yeah. it, um, but I was going to ask if you saw it. Well, yes, I did. And it looks like we're still in a flashback. <laughs> it go. It looks like it goes into uh, the creation of the cooperative, how that kind of starts out. And then we also see Michael looks like he's starting to hunt the witches down. So at this point, then, we're not we're not getting back to the period. That, we're not getting to the present. We're not we're getting not, to the apocalypse. It sounds like we're not going to get to it till the episode. The last 10. episode. Hmm. Okay, I'm I'm skeptical. There's so much writing on these last two episodes. I hope they realize yeah. what the pressure is. But we're in for it, folks. Two, only two more. Wow, what a sh- yep. short season. Uh, but it's like, if you had asked me before tonight, I would have been like, "This is a really strong season. Maybe, maybe encroaching on my top three. At least my wow. top four. Like four. Like there's a lot of things I've really enjoyed about this season. We've given some really high ratings in this season, um, and we've been frustrated with the format. But we're like, okay, it seems like they know what they're doing. They're gonna come around to it, and this is all gonna come together. That's yeah. why. At, at and then this we point, forgot I'm, what show we were watching. <laughs> yeah, at this point, and then now I'm at this point, and I'm like, ugh, what? We wasted an entire episode on this, and now we're gonna scramble to wrap this up way too fast. And uh, yep, I'm sorry, folks. I'm I'm a little skeptical. I'm sorry too. But I, yeah. I mean, you know, I reserve hope. I'm hoping there'll be some glimmers. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, fingers crossed. At least we're getting back to the witches next episode. You know, which puts us in a stronger place. Right. I agree. So. With that being said, between now and next week, Chris, where can people find you? I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I almost said Tinder. Uh oh. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter. At Chris Husted, Chris with a K. How about you, Tyler? <laughs> Check me out on Twitter at TJMoss11. Folks, thanks so much for listening. Hope you had a terrific Halloween. We'll be with you again next week. Till then, happy hauntings.